Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. I'm Paris Hilton, and this is Trapped in Treatment a weekly podcast of shocking survivor experiences and stories from an industry plagued by controversy. With my hosts, Caroline Cole and Rebecca Mellinger, we will uncover the truth of one teen treatment facility each season. First up, Provo Canyon School. This one is personal. Listen to Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Netflix dropped a character from an upcoming series after receiving backlash from an actor auditioning for the role. Kirsten Dunst opened up about being paid much less than her male counterparts in Spider-Man. And we're talking with BuzzFeed's Elamine abdul about all things Taylor Swift. It's November 16th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. All right, so to kick things off, an open letter from veteran actor Adam Maris had led to Netflix removing a character from its upcoming series Uncoupled, starring Neil Patrick Harris. Adam was sent the script and asked to read for Carmen, the Latina housekeeper of Neil's character, but was shocked by how, quote, hurtful and derogatory the role was, adding that Carmen was at one point, quote, hysterical and speaking in broken English. Following Ada's letter, Netflix released a statement saying, quote, we're sorry that Miss Barris had a negative experience and this character will not appear in the series. Uh, Shyla, we say it every day, but it is 2021. <laughs> oh, yes. It's just it's so frustrating that we're still dealing with this. It's it's just so wild that like in this year and with everything that's going on that that they're going to create a character that has no depth to it. And that is actively offensive. Right. I mean, Ada even told Neil, quote, you are a modern gay man. How would you like to watch or play an outdated, offensively stereotypical gay part? And it's like, we should be so beyond this. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. And what's really interesting to me is that instead of just evolving the character and adapting it so it's not offensive, Netflix just scrapped the character entirely. I know. And that's also upsetting because it feels like they don't practice what they preach. Their socials are very outwardly supportive of minority communities. And then it's like when we see stuff like that, we're like, okay, well, let's be supportive in the writer's room, behind the camera, in front of the camera, etc. Yep. You have to actually uh, put your money where your mouth is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Well, moving on, Kirsten Dunst recently opened up about the pay disparity between her and Tobey Maguire for Spider-Man. She told The Independent that while the difference was, quote, very extreme, it didn't even really occur to her to question it at the time. 
Kirsten also mentioned to Variety several years ago that she simply thought, quote, oh, wow, I'm getting paid a lot of money for the Spider-Man movies. Oh, I feel this so deeply. Just like, I feel like this is something that happens in every industry where you just go in and they give you an amount of money and you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. Like, this is probably what I'm worth. And then you see what someone who's doing the same thing as you but is different is getting and you're like, oh, wait. Yeah, I, I was I was just about to say, like, I wonder when this first started, like who made like the secrecy of the money. But, you know, like the answer is capitalism. But the, <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, is just like it is important to talk about your salaries with your coworkers. And I know it might be a little bit different for movies and stuff like that, especially when you're in different roles and stuff. But no, as soon as, soon as you shed a light on what that number is, you're the whole world opens to you. Yeah, I wonder when she found out. Um, and. And if anything happened or if there was like any, I don't know, way to resolve the problem. But it's very common, unfortunately. All right. Well, this past weekend, Taylor Swift released Red, Taylor's version, a re-recorded re-release of her fourth studio album, which has set the Internet absolutely on fire. From Jake Gyllenhaal to SNL, there's a lot to talk about. So today we're joined by BuzzFeed's Elamin Abdul-Mahmoud, who's going to help us break everything down. Hi, Elamine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my God. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. This is a momentous occasion. It's a big day for all of us, but especially me. Yeah, especially you, especially Steven, who's not here today. You two are the biggest Swifties we know. We are sad Steven's not here. He will be listening to this episode as soon as it goes up. Yes. <laughs> you know, we needed a legit expert like yourself to help explain what exactly has been happening because so far I've just been relying on TikTok and, you know, the music <laughs> itself. But first, can you give us a little background on the album Red and this current re-release? Absolutely. Taylor Allison Swift was born in Pennsylvania on December 13th. Uh, that's not where we're going. Okay. All right. Whoops. My bad. Not starting there. I mean, look, we are in an extended Taylor Swift season. And by extended, I mean that for the past 15 months or so, Taylor has been inescapable. She's given us two albums, Folklore and Evermore. And then now she's begun on, you know, on her quest to re-record her old material. This is the quest that she's undertaking because she wants to regain both the financial and legal control of the first few records that she put out. And it's it's a big deal because the masters were sold supposedly from under her she wanted to buy them she didn't get the chance to so she's like fuck it i am gonna re-record my own old material that she's calling all the new ones taylor's version so she put out fearless in the spring and now we have arrived at red which is her fourth album it's a big deal of an album just all together because it comes at this like interesting point in her career where she's escaping country and sort of delving into pop it's an album that has a foot in both and so it's like a very transitional album of her trying to say, you know what, I have pop ambitions. And so it's like a very beloved album for a lot of people. It's like her big breakout album in terms of like entering the pop universe. And we're getting red, baby. We're getting red Taylor's version. And I love it for us. How how long ago was this and how old was she? Red came out in 2012. So she Mm. would have been, that was nine years ago. So 22. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Oh, oh, Damn. is 22 on red? Yeah, baby. Okay, yeah. That, <laughs> so you got it. There we go. I see you. I see you cooking in. It's all fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing great. You're doing absolutely wonderful. Okay, so the track that's been getting the most attention so far is the 10-minute version of All Too Well, which is allegedly about her ex-boyfriend, Jake Gyllenhaal. So what is it about this new version that has become such a flashpoint? 
I love when people use allegedly. Um, <laughs> no, but okay. But so here's the thing is that like, if you're like a non-Swifty, then you're like maybe not familiar with her habit of Easter egg dropping. And so, for example, when, when Red came out in the liner notes, like the big hint that she put out about what All Too Well was about was the words maple latte, because she was photographed holding a maple latte with Jake Gyllenhaal as they were walking. So like, we don't, it's not alleged. It's like, we know, we know, <laughs> fine, like allegedly, I guess on paper, but like, whatever. <laughs> but I think, like, more importantly, though, you know, All Too Well is a song that Taylor has always believed in, and the fandom took it and picked it up in a way that they haven't other songs, I think. Like, the fandom is very protective of All Too Well. It's, like, this legendary song. It's the track five for Red, which, again, if you're not familiar with, like, the Swift lore, track five is where she puts, like, the emotional core of each of her albums. And it's a song that, like, the minute that it came out, People were like, oh my God, like this is one of the most heartbreaking songs that she's ever recorded. Critics love that song. It's widely sort of considered to be her best song of all time. And its original runtime is like this five minute song. Like it's already this epic journey. But because it's so beloved, there's always been all this lore and information around it. And one of the pieces of information that has been floating around the, out there in the Swift verse is that she actually wrote it. To, it was it was 10 minutes by the time she was done writing it. There were a few additional verses and she cut it down. She cut it down for the version that we know and love for the one that became sort of legendary. So it was always like a question in the Swift fandom, like, oh, what could possibly be in this 10-minute version? What, what, what does that actually look like? And with the Red re-release, we got to hear it. And it goes into a lot more detail than we could have possibly asked for or imagined. Oh, I mean, uh, the... Most of the TikToks I've been seeing, and I love this, is that groups of friends will be sitting together filming themselves as they listen to the 10-minute version for the first time. And they and the look of shock on their faces because they are hearing new information for the first time. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe new this is happening. New information about Jake. Yes. New information about her relationship <laughs> yeah. with Jake Gyllenhaal, new yeah. specifically new information about, um, like, I mean, like, listen, they had a three-month romance a million years ago, and she wrote this beautiful universal love song. But the 10-minute version gets a lot more specific about the damage that he caused, about the ways that he hurt her. Um, because, again, for people who don't know, there was a big age difference. Um, I believe she was 19 and he was 30. Yeah, I mean... You know, twenty nine. Yes, absolutely. What? But right. But this big ten year gap between between them, and the ways that he talked about her, according to Taylor Swift in the song, is like this sort of condescending thing. You know, he was he kept on referencing their age difference, and then she talks about like the really devastating verse is the verse where she talks about how she was watching the door at her twenty first birthday party, waiting for him to come, and then her dad turned to her and said, "You know, it's supposed to be fun turning twenty one because she was so like upset at." the fact that he didn't come to her birthday party. That's also why 22, by the way, is so triumphant, because, like, fuck 21. 21 was horrible for her. 22 gets to be this big sort of, we're, do, we're trying to do something different. So I guess, like, I'm just wondering, and I mean, I, there are other people who are having this debate online about, does this relationship deserve this much attention? Because there's that one hand of, like, okay, maybe this could have been a private thing that not all the world needs to know because if it does go into so much detail, like that's a lot. But on the other hand, I've seen tweets that are like, 
if I dated Jake Gyllenhaal, we'd have a musical, there'd be a movie, <laughs> like, there'd be so many other things. So I mean, both, I mean, both sound like sound arguments. So I mean, what do you think about this debate? I Listen, I'm not in the business of telling people that, you know, a relationship pain has an expiry date. I don't think that's like my personal business to sort of police. I do think that like, Look, the the she so she put out this music video for the all too well the ten minute version, and it stars Dylan O'Brien, who does not not look like Jake Gyllenhaal in this, in this music video. <laughs> you know, she's obviously been like very intentional about sort of trying to telegraph what this is about, but also at the same time, I think the, the fact that she's kind of put this out nine years later and is so removed from it, she's found love with Joe Alwyn, like things seems to be going pretty well. It's meant to be, I think, it was meant to be sort of taken in the context of like I'm a different person now i have distance from this pain now and so i can sort of like capture and play with it in these ways having said that like swifty's gonna do what swifty's gonna do and sometimes like i mean like the swifties i think are only second to barbs in terms of being like the most resembling of like a mafia and so and this is not to endorse the behavior of the fandom but i think the excitement of the version of the song that people have been dreaming of for so long, coupled with the devastating details that we're learning about this, has sort of like unearthed all of those emotions and made them really fresh. And also at the same time, like the song's, you know, primary mode of spreading is not the song, it's gossip. Like where people are so interested in the sort of gossipy parts of this whole drama. But also the song as a text is clearly fascinating for a lot of people. And like you said, like, yeah, people are like, I would also be mining that relationship for a real long time if I was if I was ever dating Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake, if you're listening, get at me. (laughs) I'm around, man. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) We'll just talk to his wife first. No biggie. No biggie. I'm sure she'd understand. (laughs) She would understand. She would. Yeah, she'd be like, I get it. You need to to write a book out of this or something. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll be right back with more from Elamine. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. It's time to gear up for the NFL postseason. Yes, sir! Head over to NFLShop.com today for the largest assortment of officially licensed gear. I need it! NFL Shop is your destination for jerseys, T-shirts, headwear, and more. Oh, you're sweet with it! Come back after the game for the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. How you like that, baby? Rep your team pride with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to NFLShop.com. 
Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed's Elamine Abdul Mahmood about Taylor Swift. You know, when we were talking about before when she's like, why is she like singing about a relationship that was so short lived from so long ago? I think there is many important reasons of why she did it. But one is I think we have to give her a lot of credit for elevating the conversation around age gaps between older men and younger women, because she's even instigated a new TikTok trend in which women are reassessing their past relationships with older men. I mean, do you think this was her intention or was she just telling her own story and like all the different facets of it? I think the something about Taylor Swift is a vehicle for sort of self-exploration that people are really interested in. Like, you know, it doesn't happen when a lot of other pop stars drop an album. Like, you know, I, I, I'm really excited about the Adele album, but I'm not going to go into a closet and be like, let me look at my life from top to bottom and all the choices that I've ever made. But I think Taylor and her willingness to be like diaristic in her songwriting so that you know that it's like very specific and is drawing from very specific experiences. But I think invites listeners to do the same thing in a way, like invites you to say, okay, has that ever happened to me? Have I ever been in a dynamic that's like that? And if so, how do I feel about it now? Do I feel like it was fine actually? Or do I feel like, uh, actually, no, these dynamics were really fucked up and I should not have been in that. And the fact that she's willing to do this so publicly and also like have those really piercing lines in the all too well, the 10 minute version about the age and about how the, the person in the relationship made her feel so young has just sort of invited other people to go there in a sense. And I, I honestly don't think that happens with a lot or even most pop stars, but she has a real sort of diaristic through line to a lot of her writing that kind of invites people to sort of join her in that quest. So I have a question. I'm ready. If if you were Jake Gyllenhaal. I am not and I would never be. Would you? <laughs> but you would, you would dare date you. him. Yeah, of course. I'd just be reasonable, but I would never be him because I'm not a monster, okay? But anyway, go off. Go off. So so let's just say. I wish you were. wouldn't. Okay, all right. <laughs> what, what would you do? Would you make a statement? Would you? I mean, because this isn't just, you know, like this isn't just Taylor Swift singing about some random person. This is. She's singing about someone who's very famous, who like is most likely going to be in the new Spider-Man. Like he's currently doing stuff like he's Jake Gyllenhaal. So it's just would like everyone is putting all of this pressure on him and they're like looking at his life and like, you know, we're only getting one side of the story. So, I mean, would you would you say that like it would make sense for him to come out and make a statement? Should he stay quiet? Should he go into hiding? Like. What 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 should he do? Like, do we he is in me? hiding in Ella Mead's home? <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal is in witness protection and also my protection um, in my home. No, um, that's an interesting question because it treats Taylor's airing of her emotions and her grievances as a public event, which is really interesting to me because I actually don't think you can say that about most pop stars, but it is a public event. It's people like, Hey, you made this person feel this way. And like, I'm guessing that somewhere out there, Jake Gyllenhaal's therapist is saying the phrase that all therapists have said, which is that how other people feel about you has nothing to do with you. So maybe you should shut the fuck up and sort of (laughs) figure it out on your own. I want to talk about the other Taylor Swift exes in this context because Harry Styles, who I think comes across as like probably the most suave of her sort of exes, like he gets like he gets style, you know what I mean? Like he gets like these like really fun, beautiful songs that are just like about how they had like a sexy, beautiful time. That's great. Harry Styles is like addressed 
Taylor in maybe like one song, which was a One Direction song. And it was like one line and it was like really sweet. It was like, if you're looking for someone to write your little breakup songs about, baby, I'm perfect for you. Perfect. One Direction. A big jam. John Mayer has written the line, you're like 22 girls in one about Taylor Swift. Well, we think that's about Taylor Swift. It would probably behoove Jake Gyllenhaal to say nothing, to simply, like, no one's going to stop casting Jake Gyllenhaal in movies because Taylor Swift wrote all too well about him. I don't think that's the thing that's going to happen. And it's interesting that you bring up the fact that he's going to be in stuff because, as we learned earlier this year, he's in a movie, I honestly don't remember what the trailer was or, like, what the movie was, but the trailer for it used Wildest Dreams from Taylor Swift. And it was the new version of her. So she was clearly aware and giving her blessing to do this for a movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal. It's like, girl, what are you doing to us? What are you trying to communicate? It's, I think all of that is interesting. And so, no, I think if I was Jake, I would be like, can we go get some lunch and like maybe not post anything on Instagram for like a week or two? Right. <laughs> and I don't think he needs to like issue a public statement that's like, uh, folks, I was in a relationship. I may have mishandled it. It was 10 years ago and it lived for three months. It's like, I don't think, I don't think that's what the discourse needs from Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. So finally, is there anything we should be expecting next from Taylor? Is there another shoe to drop or is this the peak of the red moment? Well, this year has six weeks left. So let's all calm down. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> let's let us relax, you know, and ride off into the sunset of 2021. Um, no, listen, there were seven months period of time between Fearless, the Taylor's version, and and this one, and Red Taylor's version. I don't know if she's going to keep up with the seven-month cadence or not. Like, I think that's an interesting sort of space because when she came out with Fearless, Taylor's version, it was pretty squished. It was like, we went folklore. Four months later, it was Evermore. And then three months later, it was Fearless, Taylor's version. And it didn't do that well. Red Taylor's version has done gangbusters. It's the second biggest debut, first week sales of the year after Drake for music that we heard nine years ago. Like this, you know, and so I think she's probably going to learn that giving stuff space is a good idea, especially if, like the fandom is suggesting, we think that the next re release might be 1989, which would be an interesting album to take on next. And again, like, it sounds tinfoil hat-ish and insane when you start to sort of talk about the Easter eggs. But like, look, it's a part of being a fan of Taylor Swift is that like there was like a clothing rack and she points to like certain order of clothing. And one of them is like a, a purple piece of clothing. And she wore purple on the cover of Speak Now, which is why some people think Speak Now is coming next. But in the little movie that she just put out, she's driving a Mercedes S-Class car that was made in 1989, which is why some people think that you know, 1989 is a movie that's coming next. This is the involvement that she sort of elicits from fans. I realize it sounds psychotic to anyone who does not follow Taylor you Swift. You are the Charlie Day meme right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is, this is a red track. This is a red track right here. I take the string over here and this string. Like, you don't understand. You don't understand. Okay, so but the, but the so, <laughs> These are the vibes, bro. Like this is this is the minimum level of entry required for being a Taylor fan, I think. And what is next is like more of these Easter eggs, like more of the trying to guess which one is it going to be? Is it going to be Speak Now? Is it going to be Self-Titled? Curveball. Or is it going to be 1989? And for my money, I think it's going to be 1989 because I think she's sort of going 
in the order of the most valuable albums because every time that she re-records a new album, she sort of devalues the old one, right? Like she devalues the old one for the people who currently own the rights to it. And so she took off Fearless, which is her top selling one. She took Red next, which is like, again, that album did gangbusters. 1989 to me would be the most logical one to do next because it's such a valuable property. It has all those beautiful big songs that people know. And it would just be like a really nice, succinct fuck you to be like, Oh, you think you can take my music? No, here's like, here's the next one. And good luck with your, with the old one that you own. Well, I'm going to keep an eye out for it in June. That's seven months from now. I feel like <laughs> 1989 is a good summer album. It's so. a summer album. Yes. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll circle back then. hundred <laughs> percent. Will I see you here then? Is that what you're saying? I mean, probably. Hopefully before then, Elamine. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll just be Steven next time. Okay. Good. Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. All right. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And just remember, <clears throat> Taylor Allison Swift was born in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. All right. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, pay Kirsten Dunst and all women what they're worth. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Calling all partners. Losing weight is better together with Nutrisystem's partner plan. In fact, people who diet together lose 20% more weight than dieting on their own. Get new premium meals with up to 30 grams of protein. They're big and filling and taste delicious. Plus, try our new restaurant faves that taste like your favorite restaurant portioned with half the calories. Don't wait. You could win big cash during Nutrisystem's Better Together Partner Plan 100K giveaway. And maybe win the grand prize of $25,000. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off your first month. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Don't wait. This partner plan offer will not last long. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin right now and get 50% off plus an extra $50 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash thin. See website for details on our two-month subscription offer. No purchase necessary. Open only to U.S. residents over 21. Void where prohibited. Runs December 25 through April 4th, 2022. For official rules, visit Nutrisystem.com. Sponsored by Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Give us your attention. We need everything you got fast. Waiting on reparations. We be the illest podcast. Tune in every Thursday. Politics and wordplay. We fight for the people because they got us in the worst way. From the hill to Brazil, Bombay to Kanye. From the left enclave to what the neocons say. Every Thursday, cop the heady conversation. And then break us off with some bread because we waiting, waiting on, on reparations. reparations. Listen to Waiting on Reparations on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.